Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host Sara Davison shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today we're diving into how to parent with your toxic ex. Now, this relates to if your ex is really difficult, maybe abusive, maybe you've come out of an unhealthy relationship. And even though you're separated, you have children together, which means there has to be some contact and you are parenting your children alongside each other. Now, it's important to realize that if your ex was difficult, abusive, toxic, whatever it was during the relationship, they are not going to change now. So all those things that showed up when you were married, when you were in the relationship, are going to rear their ugly head again, unfortunately. So if there was gaslighting, which is confusing behavior, if there were lots of lies, if there were behaviors that were unacceptable to you, maybe they let you down, maybe they weren't reliable, maybe they wanted to upset you, in some cases really badly upset you, make you angry, maybe they were always cross with you and blamed you for things. Now, the distance you have is great, the physical distance, but actually what we often find in abusive relationships, and as my role as the patron of the Dash charity, this is something that the Dash charity talk about a lot when they're educating their own clients that they support through abusive relationships, is that the abuse doesn't stop once you leave the relationship. You know, a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm out of it and I'm not living with them anymore, so therefore it will be easier. Now, it will be easier And of course, you will have a sense of freedom and liberation coming out of a toxic relationship, as well as some of those negative emotions, because it can be a bit of an addiction sometimes. And there can be highs and lows associated with that as you get used to being on your own and standing on your own two feet. And it's really common. So please don't worry if your confidence is low or you're feeling a bit wobbly or you have really difficult days when you think, gosh, why am I thinking I want to go back when I know how bad it was? But this is all normal, okay? And there are plenty of organizations like the DAS charity, other domestic abuse charities that are there that can support you through this. So do please check out maybe your local women's aid or your local domestic abuse branch. You know, there, there is support for men and women coming out of those toxic relationships. But I think the important thing to know is that sometimes the post-separation abuse can accelerate and be just as bad and can at times become all-consuming. Now, the important thing is to lower your expectations. If you can lower your expectations of how your ex is going to be, uh, that will really help protect you from the disappointment. Because imagine you have, and I know from many, many of my clients, they have an expectation or a hope that this time, their ex is going to do things differently this time they're going to turn up on time to pick up the kids and this time they'll have the clothes that your kid needs or whatever it is now again this is open to abuse because if your ex knows what you want or knows what you're expecting how easy is it for them to trigger a negative emotion in you 
by not doing it. So again, this is why we often say that no contact is the best way forward with a, an abusive ex-partner. Although if you have kids, that's not going to be possible, okay? And ultimately, that is their parent. So, you know, it's their journey to have a relationship with that parent. And it is important that they have a contact as long as it's safe to do so, okay? As long as it's safe for your child to have contact, it's obviously in their best interest to have a relationship with them and to you know spend time with them so of course we want to encourage that however we do have to make sure that we are not getting sucked into this cycle so that we're open to being hurt again so if you can lower your expectations and take away that glimmer of hope because what happens if you set your expectations you know anywhere that isn't on the floor and then the reality happens which comes in lower that they are late then that gap between the expectation where you thought, oh, maybe this time they'll show up on time and the reality of them not doing that, the distance between them is hurt and pain for you and potentially for your child too. So what we need to do is lower your expectations, okay, we're talking about you here, so that they can't upset you or trigger you or make you feel bad. Now, I can hear some of you saying, yes, but when they don't turn up, that causes me all sorts of problems and the kids are devastated. Yeah, now this is one of the things that is really, really difficult to manage because it's not just your emotions, obviously it's the children's as well. But remember, your kids will take the lead from you, okay? So importantly, we're not bad-mouthing your ex. That's not part of this, okay? There are ways to help children navigate the journey with a difficult ex. But bad mouthing is not one of them, okay? We do not want to do that. It may be happening on the other side. In fact, in most cases of toxic exes, it probably is. Little digs ranging to just outright lies about what happened, what you're doing, who you are as a person, maybe why the relationship broke down. Because again, they're not going to change their spots. If they've been like that before, they're going to stay like that. And that is going to infiltrate into this parenting relationship. So obviously you can't go no contact. We have to go minimal contact. So what can we do? Well, I strongly suggest you ask yourself the question, how can I take my control back? Because when you're coming out of a toxic relationship, your ex is usually in control. They're pulling the strings. They're doing things that trigger negative emotions or negative reactions in you, okay? What we want to do now is that you're out and that you are living your own life. I start to look at a couple of things. First of all, what is acceptable behavior for you going forward? And I've talked about boundaries and reevaluating your boundaries in other episodes on this podcast. And I really recommend you go back and listen to some of those because actually working out what is acceptable behavior for you in a relationship is absolutely fundamental to protecting yourself to, for moving forward with your life, okay? So taking some time to think about what wasn't acceptable in your past relationship and what you won't tolerate anymore. Now, obviously, setting boundaries with your ex is going to be challenging and please don't do anything that will put you in danger, okay? Some exes are very prone to violence. Others, others may not be, but there are a lot of stats that show that even if someone has never been physically violent during your relationship, it can switch over to that as you pull away, as you get on with your own life after separation, it can become violent. And actually 30%, shockingly, 30% of domestic homicides in the UK are 
with victims of domestic abuse when they leave their partner within the first three months. So again, there is a fine line. So please, please, please be careful. The boundaries that I'm talking about in these situations are for you to set for yourself, okay? Not to suddenly assert on your ex, which could trigger behaviors. You might want to think about, you know, do they come into your home? Do they still have a key? Um, where the handovers happen? You know, it can be advisable to make sure the handovers happen say at school. So your ex drops them off in the morning, you pick them up in the evening. That way it's minimizing the contact that you have with your ex, okay? Now, I can hear some of you saying, yeah, but there's a load of stuff we have to drop off and he, he or she, because this is a, you know, okay, is predominantly a female gendered issue, but it isn't always. You know, I have male clients who are victims of abuse and struggling to parent with a toxic ex too. So, but, you know, what I'm talking about here is if, for example, your ex does not or is refusing to have a second set of clothes and toys and everything at their house, then that means there's going to have to be some taking things backwards and forwards, which can be really difficult for the kids because they forget things or things aren't there when they need them to be. Now, I know it doesn't seem very fair, but if you can create two sets, and I know financially that might be a challenge, but if over time you can build up for your kids having two sets, even if it's you giving it to your kids to take with them and saying, look, just leave that there, because you might need it in the future, then they'll build up a supply of things there so it won't be so difficult for them moving in between both. I know it can be really hard. and I know some of you are thinking, yeah, but it's not fair, Sarah. Why should I buy that? He should buy that or she should buy that. Well, unfortunately, when you are dealing with a toxic ex, those arguments go out of the window. There is no compromise. There is no attempt to be fair. That's not how they operate. And if you think about it, that's not how they have ever operated, most likely, unless they wanted something for you and it was done for a reason. So I think we've got to stop banging our head against a wall that's never going to change. And we've got to learn to accept and actually moving towards accepting how it is and learning to play the game. Because whether you like it or not, if, you're, if you have an ex who's toxic, you are going to be in that game. Okay, because they're playing that game with you, with everybody in their life. So the sooner you can understand that, learn the rules of the game, master them, and then be two steps ahead, means that you're going to be stronger to look after your kids and give them the stability and the love that they need and the ability to move between the two homes as seamlessly as possible. So thinking about what you can control is going to be really important. I had a client recently. She has two kids and they both are really into their extra activities outside of school. So quite often in an evening, they both have different clubs to go to. One plays football, the other's into her dance. They have very different interests. But quite often the club's happening at the same time and in different places. Now, I know some of you single parents will be going, yeah, I recognize that. That's a nightmare because you're constantly juggling. Now, her ex used to come and help out. So he would take one child and she would take the other. But what was happening was he was consistently letting her down. He wasn't turning up on time, which is meaning that the other kid was late. Or sometimes he didn't show up at all with no notice. And sometimes she couldn't even get a hold of him to find out what had happened. So by asking the question, how do I take my control back over this? Enabled us to think through in a session things that she could do 
to start to make sure that she was doing the right thing by her kids because the disappointment and the stress and the strain on the kids was really also causing problems for her. They were getting so upset, missing matches or classes or being late, and that was causing resentment. Now, again, my client had some resentment towards her ex for this, obviously, and understandably, and felt that it wasn't her place to have to put in a safety net to accommodate his lack of reliability. And again, she also said to me, but Sarah, I'm enabling him if I find another solution. But again, we've got to look at what is working for you and what is best serving. Being dependent on a toxic ex for anything is open to abuse, which means it's open to letting you down and you feeling hurt and pain and ultimately potentially your kids too. So taking back her control meant that she reached out to some other parents at the same clubs. They all lived in the same area. So it was really easy for the other parents to swing by, pick up one or sometimes both of the kids and she didn't have to go. Or if she was going, the other kid wasn't left waiting. Now this changed everything. She wasn't stopping her ex from seeing the kids. If he wanted to turn up and pick the kids up and take them, he could. However, if he was running late or he wasn't there on time, there was always a backup plan. And also, he could still go and watch the match or watch the show or watch the dance class if he wanted to, wasn't stopping him. So he was still free to come and go in and out of the children's lives just as he may want to. But it meant that the kids had the stability. They were always going to be on time. They were going to make their classes. They weren't going to get let down. Now, it didn't take away the disappointment that it wasn't their dad showing up every time, but at least it eased the stress and the strain. So again, she looked for a way to take back her control away from him so that the kids would be okay. And that's what she did, and it worked really well. But we have to pick our battles, okay? There are some things that we can control. There are other things that are out of our control. Unfortunately, we can't control what our ex does, says, how they act, what they're going to do next. We, we just can't control that. But what we can control is how we react and what we do in our own homes with our kids, okay? So, for example, the amount of screen time you allow your kids to have may vary to what your ex wants to do. Bedtimes may vary. Uh, lots of things, the attention to the homework may vary. Brushing their teeth at night. I've got a client at the moment whose ex does not insist that they brush their teeth at night, which may sound crazy if that's something that is part of your daily routine with your kids but for some people their exes are not doing some of those things which again can cause a lot of stress and if you're messaging your ex or asking your ex to change things the likelihood they're going to know then what you want and they're going to do the opposite so again learning just to let go and knowing that kids are much more resilient than we give them credit for and actually you can turn this into a positive you can train your kids and teach them how to do certain things, you know, like brushing their teeth and the things that you really would like them to do when they're there. You can, you know, obviously, depending on their ages, some of them may be older, which case it's not appropriate. But for the younger ones, make it into a fun thing, right? You're big enough and old enough now to learn how to brush your teeth on your own. And it's really important that you do that. So let's practice here. And then when you go to the other parents, you can do it on your own and then come back and tell me how you've got on. You know, you can turn it into something 
that has a higher potential to work, although clearly isn't foolproof for so many reasons. Uh, many little kids just don't want to brush their teeth, right? So anyway, but you see what I'm saying? You can take your control back and turn it into something that could work for you and your kids or gives it a better chance. And that's really all we can ask for in these things. Because ultimately, you're not co-parenting, which is a word that is often used. You know, co-parenting is when you work together and you agree on bedtimes and screen times. You know, that is great if you can do it. But with a toxic ex, that's very difficult to do and probably impossible in most cases, okay? So what we're looking at here is working on a parallel parenting scheme, which is more along the lines where you agree the big things like school, like some health issues, maybe those kind of big serious issues, but the little day-to-day -day rules, you kind of have to let go of and focus on what you can do in your own home to help your kids. Now, I know some of you will be saying, yeah, but they won't agree on schools. And yeah, we don't agree on health issues. And again, that is one of the challenges with a difficult ex. If they know what you want, they're going to cause trouble. If there's an opportunity, to throw a little grenade into a situation which doesn't need to be difficult or complicated, then you know they're gonna do it. So again, that's not always plain sailing, but it's better than fighting on everything in co-parenting. So work to a parallel parenting, because that means you're picking your battles and there's less things you need to agree on. So hopefully that gives you more peace rather than fighting over every little thing. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup take back your control and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one -one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. I've got a client at the moment and she is really upset. Her name's Anne and her ex has very volatile house. There's a lot of shouting, there's a lot of arguing, there is a lot of bullying and intimidation that goes on. And she's really worried about her children going backwards and forwards from this environment. She's got two girls and she's really worried about them. Now, the challenge is, as I've said, you cannot control what happens in your ex's house. In fact, the more you try to control it, probably the worse it will get. So ultimately, what can you do? OK, how do you take your control back over that? Well, you focus on your own home and making sure that the values and the morals you have in your own house are as you'd like them to be. So maybe in direct contrast to your ex, there's no lying, no bullying, no shouting. Say, for example, you took those three, which is what Anne did. 
and she instilled them into her own home. And just by having that contrast effect, the kids are already noticing. But Anne is verbalizing it with them, you know, making it clear, guys, there's no shouting at here. There's no shouting in our house. There's no lying. No, no, no bullying. That's not fair. We don't do that in this house. Just so that they realize that the values in their home with Anne are the ones that she wants, but also the ones that she truly believes in, but the ones that the school are going to support and the one that Anne's friends and family are all going to buy into. So they get that consistency. Now, what this does, the magic of it, is that by contrast, when they go to their father's house, they see the difference. And even the older one, who's only eight, has come back a couple of times in the last couple of weeks saying, it's very different at daddy's house, actually, mummy, because that no shouting, they, they do that there. And it's, it's really interesting to how in such a short space of time, the, the children will feel the difference and the positive impact. And actually you're teaching them right from wrong. And what you're not doing is bad mouthing and saying, well, you know, they shouldn't be shouting or well, lying is bad. And, you know, accusing their ex of doing things, that other parent of being a bad parent. We're avoiding all that because what we're doing is we're doing contrast effect. We're just showing them how this is how we live in this home. This is how it is. And our friends and our family and your teachers, they will echo that. And then reinforcing that wherever you see it. Maybe that is with movies you might be watching. Maybe at school, if someone lied to them or let them down, you can say, well, again, lying is not good. It's good to be honest. And then you can talk it through. Again, no reference to your ex, but actually just by explaining the concepts and highlighting them in other scenarios, your children are going to grow up understanding right from wrong. And they're going to be able to feel the difference as well as see and hear the difference when they go between a toxic environment and your home environment. Again, if your ex is lying about things, I often get asked by clients, what do I do? He's lying about what happened. He's lying about who I am. Now, I had one client who never, ever told her son the truth. She never put her case across because she didn't want to badmouth her ex. Her lawyers had always said, don't badmouth, which is good advice. But what she took that to mean was you never stand up and correct or, you know, factually put the, the truth across. Now, it is important that your child understands the truth, but in a way that isn't high conflict. So again, avoiding blame, avoiding bad-mouthing your ex. For example, with this particular client, we started uh, introducing the other point of view. So, well, I understand that that may be what you've been told, but my point of view is this, or the way that I see it is this. Now, obviously you've got to be age appropriate. It's not about going into the ins and outs of the rights and wrongs or who's done what in a relationship, but it is about putting the truth across, putting the other side of the argument over there. And again, you can refer to things at school. For example, if Charlie was cross with them in the playground and they might come home and say, well, Charlie said this and it's not true. You can then bring that same concept up and say, look, people have different points of view. Charlie thinks this and you think this. And he said, yeah, but, you know, but what I'm saying is true, mummy. And what Charlie's saying isn't. Well, yeah, and that's life. But often people have very different viewpoints on things. Some people make it up. Some people are telling lies on purpose. And other people just see things differently. But again, you're showing and you're giving and you're teaching the message that actually people do have different points of view. And it doesn't mean that one person is right and, 
and you know there are different ways of dealing with those things so again another way just to link it back to real life for your kids because obviously the younger they are they're going to learn better with metaphors and real life examples rather than you just stating facts and it also gives you a way to avoid talking about your ex as well which again is key now I do have a couple of techniques that can help you if you have to go and socialize with your ex. And I don't mean for fun, I mean, you know, at school. So maybe there's a concert or maybe there's a play your kid's in, maybe it's parents evening, maybe there's a wedding that you're both invited to. These sort of things come up and a lot of my clients obviously find this really difficult because they don't want to be there. And then the whole event gets overshadowed by the fact that their ex is there rather than the purpose of them actually being to either watch their children or to celebrate someone getting married, right? So my technique, functionally friendly, is a way that you can be around your ex, you can cope with being around your ex, uh, but you're not getting yourself into the danger zone. So it enables you to show up for these kinds of events. So how does it work? Well, first of all, it needs a little bit of preparation beforehand. Okay, including zipping up your Teflon bodysuit, okay, so that nothing sticks. Okay, again, setting your expectations. There's going to be some mean comments, some things sent, sent in to upset me or get me triggered or angry or sad, but that's okay. Maybe you're worried about them having their, other, their partner there. You know, there could be lots of things you're worried about. So preparing beforehand using that mind movies technique I talk about in some of my episodes where you rehearse it all going super well, you arriving, seeing your ex, the whole event running, you know, super well for you, you looking confident, you managing it and then walking away feeling calm, peaceful and content. Okay, so practicing in advance is really important and setting your expectations low, okay, low so that you can't be disappointed when you get there. And low, as well as turning it into a bit of a game to spot the hand grenades that my ex is going to throw at me to watch to see how I react. So we can, if we can turn it into something that's a little bit more of a game, it again disassociates you from that intensity of the negative emotions, which I think is really important. So when you get to the event, I think it's really important that you take control as long as it's safe to do so. Okay, all this is caveated by if you feel you are in any kind of danger, then obviously call the police and take immediate action. Okay, do not put yourself in a position where your ex is going to put you in any vulnerable situation at all. Okay, or that you're putting yourself in a vulnerable situation. So again, that's where those boundaries are going to come in, where what is acceptable for you, and we play to that. But in the cases, for those of you listening who are able to stand next to your ex or maybe sit next to them during a play just so your kid doesn't have to look around the room for each of you and then worry who they're going to say hi to first or who they're going to run to at the end of the play first, you know, taking that anxiety off your child, if you can, is great. So when you arrive and your ex is there, instead of waiting and thinking, when are they coming over? Are they coming over yet? Oh, no. Or who are they talking to? Are they going to come over? Are they being rude? No, no. We don't want you to go through that. Take your control back and go straight over. No matter who they're with, what they're doing. Hey, great to see you. Hi, if they've got their partner there, great to see you too. Have a topic, again, because you've prepared this in advance. 
maybe have a topic like, oh, thanks so much for baking the cookies the other day with them. Kids loved it, really enjoyed it. Anyway, I've got to get back now. Um, I'm sitting over there, but great to see you. Again, you've taken your control back. You've done the right thing. You've risen above it. You're not sharing any personal information, any, any emotions, not saying how you feel. You're not too happy. You're not too sad. You're just going over being functionally friendly, so friendly on the surface, okay, putting aside whatever might be going on for you, but showing that you can do this because it's the best thing for the kids. And putting the kids first and doing the right thing by the kids is always the best thing to do. Rarely is it the easy thing to do though, so I will say that, but again, just a little bit of preparation in advance can really help this. And having your getaway clause well, I've got to go, I just want to speak to one of the mums over there. Perfect, we'll get you out straight away. You're not getting into awkward territory or hanging around out of your comfort zone. Now, obviously, if you're going to save a seat for your ex and sit next to them, having a few more things up your sleeve to talk about would be good. And then at the end of the play or whatever it was, you can leave straight away being very clear. Oh my goodness, I've got to go. I've got to make a phone call. Great to see you. Thanks for coming. Bye. <laughs> and off you go, okay? It's all about taking your control back because what that does is it enables you to get through that event. Okay, you may be a bit shocked, a little bit upset, maybe a little bit shaky afterwards, but you're not going to be upset in the moment. It's going to enable you to get through that function and then get out. Okay, and it's okay to be a little bit shaky about it. It's okay to be upset afterwards, but also please do pat yourself on the back because this is great progress. And you are doing the best thing for your kids by showing up and putting yourself in a situation where you can be functionally friendly as long as it's safe for you to do so. You know, I just want to end by talking a little bit about how, you know, kids will be okay if they've got one stable parent who gives them the unconditional love that they know they can depend on, that gives them the stability, the reliability, that they know is always there for them, no matter what they do, okay? That parent will always be there. That is enough to have a child that gets through this, you know, and unscathed. In fact, in some cases, adversity, not extreme adversity, but some adversity of difficult people managing that relationship, having to work out how to navigate the highs and lows with that parent is actually going to make them stronger. It's going to give them a level of awareness that maybe we didn't have when we were younger. And learning these lessons younger and having the coping mechanisms to cope with it and cheer themselves up and cope with difficult situations is actually going to steer them in a really good way for the future. Because as they grow up, they'll be transferring those skills with other people. They will know that some people aren't always kind or honest, that some people are confusing. You know, they will be able to spot the signs of difficult, abusive people in a way that we never could, right? Because we maybe never learned that. So giving your kid the coping strategies, age dependent, obviously it could be doing five star jumps to cheer you up. It could be focusing on all the things you're grateful for. It could be drawing a picture. It could be going for a run. It could be talking to somebody that they trusted and talking it through, whatever it is for your kid. Maybe it's having a power song that they can put on and 
pump through the car stereo if they're driving or in their bedrooms if they're younger, you know, whatever it is that's going to help them. If you can give your kids the tools, then they're going to become so much stronger. And this then becomes a valuable life lesson for your kids. So you're flipping it from something that is pretty tough and challenging into something where they're going to grow. They're going to learn some really useful life skills. And then they're going to also be able to navigate that relationship to enable them to have the best relationship possible with that parent. So again, it's not all doom and gloom. There are some positives. And that is a very valuable life lesson for a kid. So as a parent, if you are struggling with parenting with a toxic ex, please know that you will get through this and your kids are tougher than you think, okay? But you have a chance here to step up and be a role model to them and show them how it's done, okay? By you doing the right thing for them, even in the really difficult situations that you might be put in, but also giving them the tools. And many of them I share throughout Heartbreak to Happiness in all the different episodes. Kids are like sponges. They just absorb all these tools and techniques, especially at a young age. So by the time they're teenagers or young adults, they're using them unconsciously. And it makes a massive positive difference. So hang on in there. You can do it. Please know you're not alone. And actually, there are some positives to what can be a challenging situation. But you can do this. You can. I believe in you. I know you can. So keep going. And please know you are not alone. Thank you for listening and allowing me to guide you from your heartbreak to your greatest happiness. I look forward to you joining me on our next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness. Happiness.